0: Hello everyone and welcome to Cloud Wars Live, where we explore today's digital revolution by speaking with business executives and thought leaders who are changing how the world lives, works, plays, learns and dreams. Our guest today is Will Granis, director of the office of the CTO at Google Cloud and this is also one of the episodes in our series called the cloud wars top 10 executive insights and today we'll get to talk with will a little bit about some of the strategies that google cloud is bringing to bear in the marketplace will thanks so much for joining us
1: it's great to be here
0: so Will, you know there's lots going on at your company these days right you know thomas curran has been in a few months picking up with a lot of the huge momentum you folks have had really looking to build up not just the key technological capabilities the company has, but also on the go-to-market side. So could you give a broad view, Will, where you see things right now for Google Cloud and as far as your interactions with customers and just sort of how they're looking at the world these days and what you're trying to bring to them to help them achieve their goals? Sure, well,
1: thanks, Bob. It's a real pleasure to be here. And it's an exciting time in Google and it's an exciting time in Google Cloud. And there are a couple of reasons for this. One is, I think Thomas has articulated pretty clearly and even Sundar in the recent earnings announcement is that Google is on the move in cloud and not from a theoretical basis, but from an actual basis in terms of customers who are putting a very meaningful, you know, business critical systems applications, you know, into cloud and onto Google cloud. That's sharply on the rise. We have a lot of examples of co-innovation between these large enterprises and Google Cloud. You know, a couple of examples pop to mind like um, Iron Mountain, a really amazing company that has had the archives of most of the companies in the world for many years. And now those companies are starting to unlock the power of those archives using data, analytics, uh, machine learning and cloud. Those examples are really a harbinger, I think, for this next wave of cloud, which is, you know, if you think back, you know, 10 years, I know it's hard, you know, because we live in the, you know, month by month, rapid product velocity world. Uh, But if you think back about 10 years ago, a lot of the cloud discussion was around taking these storage compute uh, primitives that all companies were using and figuring out how to get them out of, you know, your CapEx and your area and put them in somebody else's place. And now just 10 years later, we have entirely new business models, entirely new business lines being created through this convergence of these different cloud technologies and these platforms. So it is a really exciting time for all of us here at Google. And and that commitment that you hear from Sundar and from Thomas around the strategy, around expanding the go-to-market teams so that more customers and more partners can take advantage of what I would contend is a pretty compelling technical foundation from Google. It's not one of those things that we ever hear from our customers and that our technology isn't good enough. It's that they want access to it. And so the strategy makes total sense for the wave that we're in. So as these businesses and partners create, that they have access to what we think is some pretty compelling technology and platforms.
0: You know, well, as you mentioned that example with Iron Mountain, it, uh, it reminded me of one of the other customer stories that I think Thomas has emphasized around next, which was uh, media companies, right? They had this huge, you know, files of things somewhere, but they were pretty much passive, and you've helped them light those up.
1: Yeah, th- think about stories. Stories are kind of the fundamental currency of human interaction. They have been since the beginning, they are today, reference this podcast that, you know, the outreach to all of your listeners and the outreach between the two of us. Stories are really kind of form the foundation of uh, what we see as, you know, the world around us. And so when I think about stories, uh, I think about like the New York Times and I think about National Geographic, both customers who have highlighted their uh, work with Google Cloud, but what was most important to us is that this started from a kernel of an idea that they had about how to tell stories they were kind of locked up in the old way of storing files, or storing photos, or storing you know this large archive. And uh, Marcus East, for example, the CTO of National Geographic, someone I respect greatly, he was at Next talking about how through the work you know that Google Cloud. It was an honor to support him in this. But by being able to um, move their archive to Google Cloud, not only did they take advantage of modern compute and you know, storage and efficiencies and, and the infrastructure, but they also unlock stories that had been kind of dormant for a long time. And if you're a photographer, you know, th- this is the story of your life, camera in hand, seeing the world through this lens. And now everybody in the world gets access to what only was in the realm of a few photographers, viewfinder. And then every once in a while, the ones that made the print media, you know, those were the ones highlighted. But imagine all the stories that are now being uncovered. That's the power of cloud. And to your point, media is one of those industries that it, the storytelling capacity, like the New York Times talking about their pictures that had stickers or writing on the back of them. And now through vision and machine learning, they can be auto tagged and available for processing discovery, You know, new stories. Those, that's the type of world. And that's the type of storytelling that media companies are gonna be able to do uh, now and into the future, thanks to cloud.
0: Well, well, if we could, you know, one other extension off of that is you described this 10-year time from, you know, 10 years ago, a lot of companies were saying, I got to get my costs done. I'd prefer to begin to move out of the data center business and so on like that. Can you maybe help me with security as well? Now you're describing a way of not only all those good things, but at the far end, how they go into the future, reimagining themselves as something with more capability, more opportunity, and more value to the, the world of customers and prospects.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And this is a very consistent pattern. So I have the privilege of leading a team called the Office of the CTO at Google. And this is not a team that you'll hear much about or uh, hear directly from us too often. And the reason for that is because our whole mission is to create this technology bridge between the aspirations of business creation that these companies and partners have and the technology of Google. And it is very obvious to us that every large enterprise, every company that aspires to create value for their shareholders and for their customers and partners, they're all pursuing what I would call a two-prong strategy. Strategy number one is cloud can offer efficiencies. It can offer the ability to invest in, those, in the future of those businesses. Two, it can enable those future businesses with sustainable business models that would not have been feasible before. You know, in that Iron Mountain example, Iron Mountain had had that concept for a while about how to add, how to take their archive, right? Their archives. Global archives and make them discoverable, get them to a place where, you know, if you think about any process from e discovery and legal to, you know, routine uh, reviews of contract documents, now with this rich set of metadata and this, this rich archive, they're now able to create this business, but they couldn't create that business if they had to go invest in a bunch of infrastructure. Upfront, and then bet their personal you know, careers, bet their you know, company on uh, you know, this innovation that was yet to be proven out. And so in a lot of ways, what we're seeing with this dual track is that the, the value realization of cloud infrastructure is the jet fuel for these future businesses, but the economics have to work. Right? And now the economics are starting to work for some of these large scale distributed patterns. It's like, think about machine learning in general. 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. The concepts that we talk about in deep neural networks and machine learning today, the foundations of those ideas are 50 years old. But it's only when you can get the computation down to an economic uh, rationality point. Does, does, uh, Does an algorithm or does a model building, does a company that wants to base a business line on the outcomes of these models, is is that even feasible or practical or even can the computation close in short enough time that all your engineers don't walk away and just, you know, they're gone for four days while the big machine is out there cranking. Now you can distribute these jobs out very much kind of extending this 15-year-ago concept of distributed computing, but now putting it in the hands of any enterprise or any partner that uh, has these aspirations.
0: Yeah, Well, well, it is remarkable stuff here. And, you know, as you were describing that and, you know, you're sort of bending time in certain ways or, uh, you know, fulfilling this future that's been offered, you think about something like the National Football League, right? There's 168 hours in a week. They play 17 weeks for three hours. Yet now through this expression of digital technology, some of the things you were talking about with New York Times, National Geographic, they've become a, you know, 24 by seven business. So in some ways, it seems like the customers who are coming to you want not just the technology that Google Cloud has, but also help us open up our imagination. And I really love that line you used, the aspirations of business creation. That's a good one. Yeah. And
1: sports are a really, really interesting example Bob, of where we see you know, the potential of cloud, Just like a lot of different technologies converging, like, edge, IOT, cloud, um, you know, machine learning. So for, for example, you know, we did this partnership with the NCAA last year, right? And a lot of it was like extracting the many, many years of data and just getting it to a place where it could be computed upon and it could like inform coaches and teams. And, you know, it was very much a, could this work? Just a year later, we have college kids Running predictive brackets on decades worth of basketball data. You extend that even further. So, uh, my heart is in uh, hockey. So, I I grew up playing hockey. I love hockey. I think the NHL is on the precipice of the same type of um, transformation. So, think about real time strategies. If you're on the bench, right, and if you're able to capture this data and make sense of it in a timeline sufficient to uh, affect your decision cycle, then what that means is you go in between the periods, periods one and two, and your coach now has a strategy that is based upon the actual gameplay of period one, not you know, these batch jobs that have been running for a while. And all of this is possible because these, all these sports teams are basically, they're instrumenting all of their fields, they're capturing all of this video, Um, There's a lot of stories around the NBA, the MLB, you know, lots of NFL. They're all they're all converging into this world. What's really fun for me to think about is I think the NHL is about to go through the same transformation. And you know, when I was a kid, it was the chalk talk in the locker room beforehand and good luck. Now it could literally be this is how the team is. You know, countering our strategies in period one. What can we do to change things up? And you've seen the impact if you look at uh, the the sports teams that really outperform a lot of them are adaptive strategy teams, not, uh, you know, in kind of shorter time cycles. And that's the same across any industry, that decision in the, it was in the, um, it was in the military uh, quite a long time ago. And one of the things we used to talk about was the OODA loop, observe, orient, decide and act. And when you can be inside that loop, know amazing breakthroughs are possible and we definitely see the same thing not just in sports but across every industry when you can get inside that decision loop and when you can move faster than the pace of you know your peers because you know in business there is a little bit of a competitive aspect to it but when you can move with that pace you have the opportunity to create outsized returns for shareholders and breakthrough experiences for customers and that's what we seek and that's what we see not only in the NFL, but across every sports, uh, across every sport. And me personally, I'm, you know, my, my uh, time and attention will be a little bit weighted towards the, uh, the NHL, though that does not imply any partnership or anything specifically. I just, I have a passion around it.
0: Yeah. Well, well that's a, uh, that's wild. You know, as you described that, and it sounded like one of the things you were getting at, right. That, that sort of real-time decision-making analysis you know performance improvement that can happen on sports teams in the NHL something like that it goes back to you talked about getting inside the the loops there getting inside the data and a couple minutes ago you described this notion of some of the co-creation adventures you've been on with customers that's where things really start to happen, right? When you get the data, the insights, the opportunity to change, and these companies begin to evolve. So sort of writ large, what we've been talking about here is those things that happen on uh, data-driven up, starting to put things together that were never before possible. It opens the mind to what can happen. And if the customer's in driving that with you, that's the golden opportunity, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've been trying, attempting to innovate in the enterprise space for the last couple of decades. And there is one uh, very, very foundational element to succeeding in innovation, especially when you're in an area that is um, uncertain and what I call kind of like really large business value creation is there's a lot of uncertainty. And this uncertainty can be handled in a couple different ways. One is you can spend a lot of time upfront trying to strategically plan it out. Or you can start to iterate and to experiment and to engineer the uncertainty out of it. And what we see with cloud is it kind of gives people the superpower in the strategic planning process that allows them to move quickly, not necessarily to uh, you know, an answer, but to take some of the risk away, to take some of the uncertainty away. So just like you would build um, you know, a data model and an algorithm and a machine learning model and trying to see what lift you could get out of your results the same thing is happening in the strategic planning process which is that whole process is getting lift from the rapid availability of cloud infrastructure machine learning and and the industry uh, has now come to a point where uh, you know it's so readily available and you know we see this with google cloud especially that like a a a capability like bigquery it used to be you came to cloud to get what you already knew you, you had in your data center and you just wanted, like, the external version of it. Mm-hmm. But there is no comparison to an on-prem system for BigQuery, because it's literally you put your tables in and BigQuery computes across many, many millions of rows, right? And it just runs the computation for you without you having to do a bunch of, you know, infrastructure movements or like warn the other teams that no one's allowed to submit a query for the next like, you know, three weeks because we're going to run all the computers. And that's a big part of this evolution as well, which is cloud is now opening up capabilities that are only possible in cloud, right? Whereas, uh, you know, in the past a lot of it was just like replicate my functionality. And so back to the strategic planning process. How does it change how a company thinks about driving the uncertainty out of a business decision when they can ask a thousand questions in this and get answers back in the same time that before maybe they could ask a couple? And oh by the way, they had to like allocate you know millions of dollars before they could even ask the first three questions. Okay. And so that's what you know a lot of, especially in the CEO kind of boardroom level. we're seeing a lot the impact notches of cloud on like you know the line of business or in it but actually in how the firm operates
0: yeah well so these are some uh you know remarkable insights here tell us a little bit about how google cloud's uniquely qualified to be able to help customers hammer through some of these breakthrough opportunities
1: yeah so First off, I think it's really important for you and your listeners to hear from us that uh, you know, our vision is that we want to be the best cloud partner for customers, regardless of how or where they want to leverage cloud technology, because it's across, the, it's across the board, right? There are some companies that are born in the cloud. There are some companies that are you know, doing their application rationalization and trying to figure out what you know, to move to cloud, and sometimes there'll be mainframes that stay, and sometimes there'll be mainframes that go. Um, but our really big vision is that we have this, you know, and I think that we are well on our way here to creating a, a foundation and a baseline that whatever the customer choice, they can find a home in Google Cloud. And I will be very specific here. So, you know, we just recently talked about Anthos at Next. Why would we do something like Anthos? Why, why would we, you know, try to orchestrate and manage and help customers, empower customers to manage you know, disparate cloud providers and infrastructure components and you know, applications and services that are spanning you know, people's clouds other than our own potentially, right? Including on-prem. Because that's what customers need, right? It's a very difficult lift to take an entire estate and move it all into the cloud. Some companies have done it. Uh, many enterprises are finding their path to you know, a large cloud, if not you know, fully cloud strategy. So it was just a business reality that we have to be able to offer this. The good news is, is that we have a lot of the foundational pieces in place. The better news is that we've been making, we've been developing them out in the open. You know, so Istio and Kubernetes and a lot of the foundational technologies, Knative that are embedded within Anthos they're not some mystery, you know, secret proprietary stuff that no one ever gets to see or understand. We're actually building it in the community because if you believe in the strategy, if you believe in the you know, help customers find a path, then you have to start the education, the training, the outreach, the developer awareness. You have to start that way ahead of time. So by developing in the open, it's literally the only way to make a strategy like that work. And I think Google has a really strong, and I know Google has a really strong history of open source, you know, developing novel concepts in the open for how to compute, and then sharing that with the world and then supporting it through thick and thin. And that's how you get the TensorFlows, the Kubernetes, the, SDOs, the you know these really big foundational pieces um, for compute. So absolutely number one for us is this flexibility right? So that businesses can deploy uh, the way they want to deploy, right? And we will always be there to help them through whatever pattern that takes. And that's like a big, so it's all connected, right? So that's the technology, a little bit more of the technology strategy, but on the business side, this is why we have to have partners, right? Have a great experience with Google. So when Deloitte says, we're their fastest growing billion dollar business as Google Cloud, there's a reason for that because we, we include them in the business planning, the architecture, the business model, the returns, right? And so if you're an enterprise company and a lot of your concerns have been around with like managing vendors and getting them to work together, which has been a real pain. I, you know, Having not lived in Google my entire career and having been on the enterprise side and deploying technology and products, a big part of being a CTO of a public company is getting technology vendors to work together, right? Google is offloading a lot of that heartache. And if you look at the open source vendors, right? So for example, Confluent and Kafka, there are a lot of companies who have Kafka in their, in their architecture. There are a lot of opportunities to suggest things other than Kafka, but if a customer really believes that's the best way to architect, then what Google cloud does and what you just saw it next is we want to have agreements with these open source providers, right? Confluent so that they, the version that customers run is the latest best you know confluent approved managed version and that google cloud has already thought about that architectural pattern and it's baked in so you get you know one in terms of anthos you get this kind of like wrapping up of a lot of these the components and the relationships and the strategies right and the partnerships simplified surface but then you also get real economic outcomes and real business outcomes for the companies that are tying their future to it which makes it stable supportable and de-risks customer choice um, for a, a you know a position like that.
0: And well, one of the things that also came out at next as you were describing the the open source relationships and how that's you know fully fused into how Google looks at things it was almost like that business model approach that Thomas had described, right? Where talking about de-risking not only on the technology side but on you know in some ways the the, the commerce, the transactional side.
1: Yeah, what, ha- what happens if we extend the concept of the cloud providers basically taking versions of open source, building their own, right, as a pattern? What if that pattern extends? I always like to ask the question, what happens if we see more of something? Well, what happens if we see more of that? Are companies still going to get formed, get early adoption with developers? Are we still going to see this kind of amazing velocity of open source innovation? That's fueled a lot of advances in databases, messaging systems, you know, orchestration of containers, uh, machine learning. Look across the entire IT landscape, and it's it is it is a history, in a lot of ways, founded in open source. And so, you know, for us, we we are doing this because it's it's good business, right? It's good strategy, but it re- it really requires that integrated relationship. And we do think about the entire lifespan of an open source company. And we do f- see it as our responsibility as Google to support not just individual companies, but the open source ecosystem as a whole. And we have we have seeded it before, we have benefited from it, and we want to make sure our customers and our partners get the benefit of you know, this kind of two decades of Google working out in the open and being partners with open source and also deploying our own out into the world and supporting it. Um, We just you know it's imperative it's imperative for that entire um, value ecosystem that uh, you know at least in google's case we believe strongly in uh, making sure it's stable
0: yeah i haven't heard of another uh one of the big tech companies doing that it it, so that novelty and innovative approach both on the technology side and the integration of that and the reliance on it and then also as you just described there about the business model side and, and well, you know, another uh, issue where Google Cloud rightly, I think, takes a lot of pride in what it's doing there is cybersecurity. And right, you know, we talked a little bit ago about the the perception over not that many years of something being, uh, you know, just the way it is to now. It wasn't that long ago, right? The questions about the cloud were, well, you know, can they match my as a business level of security? And that's been completely flipped upside down, Right.
1: Yes, absolutely. And so who are the large enterprises adopting cloud? Financial services, healthcare, governments, they all have a very, very, uh, you know, kind of top of the concern, uh, you know, uh, list of things. and, And security is at the very top. And regulation is a reality for all three of those markets. And so it's also about making sure that the security approach is well integrated into the concept of these regulatory frameworks and how how those businesses are even going to be allowed to operate. Uh, And so you have probably observed a high velocity of investment and progress from Google Cloud specifically around certifications, accreditations, regulatory approvals. What I think is even more interesting than that is that there's a very clear and consistent pattern and philosophy that you can pull out of our activity around um, the ability for customers to take out their data with simple, easy to use, understandable tools. Um, The ability, we piloted the transparency report, right? So if someone wants to access your data, there's a log generated. So let's say a customer says, hey, uh, we want support to come help us with this uh, thing that we have. Now, granted, Uh, You know, we hope that doesn't happen too often, right? Because we like cloud to be an awesome experience. But every once in a while, Bob, it does happen that we get a support ticket. And in those support calls, we want to make sure that customers know exactly who and when and for how long uh, anybody has, you know, accesses their data. So one, we can't do it without their permission. And two, we're going to give them logs. And now we give them logs in near real time. So they can see that you can actually see the activity of Google at your request um, accessing data and uh, when you, taking it even a step further, which is customers also want to have lots of flexibility and choices around how they're the custodians of their data and their security. And so customer managing encryption keys and the ability to uh, you know, have very tight control, even though we encrypt in transit and at rest across the entirety of Google Cloud, that's not even enough. And we have to do even more, and we have to give customers all of these choices, and in doing so, really give them the security lead, because you know while we are you know, an infrastructure provider, platform provider and partner on the cloud side, they have to feel good about their risk posture, and they have the audits that they have to you know uh, integrate with. And you know our transparency reports, we put white papers out on our, our cloud.google.com site. That go in great detail about how we meet compliance regimes, all of this, right? Uh, think about the investment that these companies are getting. So, for example, if a large financial services company is investing with Google Cloud, now they get transparency reports, they get logs, they get uh, the ability to take out, they get the ability to manage a custodial strategy with best practices and you know, and things that are already, you know, line of sight to regulatory frameworks. Any individual company trying to get all of that on their own is a huge investment, a huge headache. And with with cloud, uh, you know, this is, and especially with Google, with all these mechanisms I've described, it completely changes the dynamic around security being one of these like really hard investments to make because you want to put everything into, you know, the revenue creation and the sustainment of the revenue creation. But now security is like this this kind of like super secret, like, you know, built-in feature of their architecture, and uh, so we've definitely seen that shift over the last, I'd say, three to five years from a lot of like concerns, questions, fear, uncertainty, and doubt into it actually being an enabler and moving faster through regulatory frameworks and audits and the rest based on having these uh, tools available and data that they didn't even have before that now that they can have and and hand over to uh, the appropriate regulatory regimes and audit regimes.
0: Yeah, it's wild. And in such a short period of time, how that that perspective and capability has flipped. And, Will, I wanted to uh, check in with you. You know, this has been remarkable, some of the things you've talked about, really interesting. Could you give us a synopsis, please, on, you know, sort of uh, Google Cloud's outlook, three areas. One is, uh, you know, customers sort of top of mind for them. What are they trying to do today? Two is your partners. You've mentioned some of the things partners are doing. And the third one is competitors.
1: Sure. Um, So let's see. Let's start with customers, because I think everything starts and ends with customers. Uh, Thomas has been really clear about the strategy. And the number one element on the strategy is he wants to make sure that customers can take advantage of all these benefits that we've been talking about from Google Cloud. And so number one on the strategy is making sure that our go-to-market team and the team that interfaces primarily with customers, uh, you know, is, you know, I think today already a world-class team, but has the world-class reach that, that we really need um, and that our customers are, you know, are asking us for, right? This is a demand pull from the customer side. Um, and so we're laser focused on making sure that uh, customers have a path to Google and that they have a great relationship on that path with Google. It's already pretty great. Um, we just want to scale it out. Um, From the partner side, you've heard me describe probably five to seven different very specific examples of how we believe that, and I think our actions, I know our actions prove it. When it comes to partners, we want to build relationships that have sustainable economic foundations and where partners succeed because of their relationship with Google Cloud in ways that they weren't succeeding before. And I just, I go back to like Iron Mountain which created an entirely new line of strategic business that they built a platform that they can offer into the market, right? And we just kind of feel like maybe we play some small part of giving them the superpowers to, you know, kind of do that, experiment, learn and, and uh, externalize it all the way to like a Deloitte when, when one of the world's top consulting firms says we're their fastest growing billion dollar business. I, my guess is that might have taken some people by surprise. It didn't take us by surprise. Um, But I see that I see more and more examples of platforms and ecosystems that our customers want to create and enable in the world, right, being built on top of this foundation. And so we have a really strong responsibility to make sure that, uh, you know, we continue to partner with them, that the business models are ones that, you know, feel very like fluid between the two organizations. And our open source partnerships are another just example of even when it's early or even when, uh, you know, it isn't necessarily like a Deloitte or an SAP or an Iron Mountain, um, you can look at like Mongo and you can look at uh, Kafka and you can look at some of the key partnerships. There's a reason why those partnerships are in place, right? They represent the desired patterns of our customers. Um, And so making sure that, you know, the partner approach is, is not just, you know, in like the global consulting, uh, you know, firms, it's not just with the big, um, you know, kind of like co creation partners, but it's also seeding the future of the market. And these partnerships are strong so that this is like we're in cloud for the long haul, decades and decades. This is a decades long market. And so you have to be across all three, I think, in order to be successful. And then from a competition perspective, um, we just want to make sure that people understand what we're about. And we want to make sure that our customers, developers, partners, these ecosystems, we're spending a lot of time making, communicating. Right. This is an example of something that, you know, a couple of years ago, we didn't have this conversation. Now we do. And now there's a lot of great stuff to talk about. And we want to make sure that um, we broadcast our position, uh, you know, broadly and specifically. And uh, we're very encouraged by how customers and partners are making their choices. Uh, and I think Sundar was very, uh, you know, I think he gave a really good indication in the last earnings call around. You know, we talk about the number of large customers and how that velocity is growing. Um, I think it's a, it's, a pretty, it's a pretty exciting future for all of us here.
0: It is. And, and Will, please, one last question here. If you take yeah. a look back a little bit uh, as you talk about the future and connecting the recent past to the future, uh, another good partner for Google Cloud, Accenture. Every year when they do their tech vision projection and the big ideas that are going to come up that year, I was at the event, uh, I guess it was in January February, And they started by taking a look at some of their past themes for the year. It was 2013. They said, every business is a digital business. So, you know, they're out ahead of the things a little bit there, but that was six years ago. So these businesses that are starting to work with Google cloud now, they're not, you talk about the, the tech transformation being over, you know, decades and how they've got to have that coexistence. But, the imperative for these companies to sort of start moving into the types of companies they need to be, there's an urgency to that, right? It's time for these companies to get going. Yeah, absolutely. And this was
1: my point earlier about, you know, the strategy is not necessarily a new strategy for these companies. What is changing is the applicability of technology to give them the superpowers to build those businesses and to do it in an economically rational way. Right. And so, you know, I, I, personally work across you know, what I'd say roughly our top 100 customers and partners in this role. And it is consistent that strategies that people used to think were unachievable because they couldn't engineer out the uncertainty to the point where they could feel confident about pushing a, a lot of effort behind something. that decision cycle is changing. And you know if you think about the availability of data, analytics, even if, you know in the boardrooms and in the line of businesses, now for you know, what would have cost you millions of dollars in fixed infrastructure, you can get for thousands of dollars in consumption, uh, you know, and you can do it faster, right? And it's only kind of limited by the questions that you can ask. I think a real reason why, the, you know, to your point, like people are rushing in, is because you know, these, these platforms, like what we're building at Google, people have now seen the opportunity to leverage them to kind of, to take all that creativity that all of these companies have, whether it's aerospace, retail, manufacturing, you know, media, healthcare, financial services, government, there are innovators everywhere. Google does not have the market on innovation. These companies do. And it's really, it's our, uh, it's a real privilege for us, right? To see an opportunity where our paths and theirs now are, are increasingly coming into alignment And uh, I would contend that a lot of what the work that we've done around um, open, multi-cloud, hybrid, uh, you know, a lot of these bridging uh, concepts that we've talked about today now make it possible for those companies to uh, go completely digital, just like others have done over the last five years with Google. um, Now more and more will have the opportunity to do so. So, yeah, it's it's definitely, I think it's been on the horizon for a while. I think digital transformation has been a term that's been around for a little bit but now the reality of the platforms and the reality of the services and products that are available make digital transformation something that doesn't, um, doesn't require the huge investments upfront in order to achieve and by de-risking it, you're now inviting more people in.
0: Well, uh, that's fantastic. Will, is there anything that you want to be sure to address before we wrap up?
1: No, I, You know, I think from my perspective, And being a part of this function that, again, works with, you know, kind of our top uh, customers and partners, what's really exciting is that list keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and it's forcing my team, you know, to get, you know, more stretched and thin and stretched and thin. And I think that that's actually the natural order of things, which is, you know, we're kind of, I think we're past the early-ish days of, you know, cloud question mark. And now we're in the days of cloud exclamation mark. To your point, and now it's about the sustainability of the relationships the business models the economics the competitive uh, you know element that's within each of these industries and across industries um, and it's really exciting to watch companies move from digital transformation as a concept to actually building their own platforms and their own ecosystems to win in the market and uh, so we're just we're just really thrilled and privileged to be a part of that journey and uh, it's been really great hanging out well, with you
0: here for a little while. Will Granis, Google Cloud, thank you so much for uh, making the time to be with us. This has been wonderful. Thanks, Bob. And thanks to all of you folks for tuning in here to Cloud Wars Live. I hope you've enjoyed this uh, episode of Cloud Wars Top 10 Executive Insights featuring Google Cloud and some of the wild things that it's doing with customers. Thanks a lot. Hope we'll see you next time.